Good morning, church. My message for this morning is the beginning of Jesus' ministry. Of the many events that Luke could have chosen to begin his account of Jesus' ministry, he picked Jesus' visit to Nazareth. He quite likely did so because what Jesus said on this occasion identifies him as a Messiah and perfectly defines his ministry. After the story of Jesus as a boy in the temple in Luke chapter 2, verse 41 to 48, Luke provides no further information about what Jesus was doing from ages 12 to 30. In all likelihood, he was at home in Nazareth employed as a carpenter builder, and most importantly, studying the scriptures because he clearly knew them well. After his baptism and temptation in the wilderness, Jesus returned to Galilee to begin his public ministry in Luke chapter 4, verse 14 to 15. Jesus returned to his own village of Nazareth and attended Sabbath worship in the local synagogue. Jesus stood up and the scroll of Isaiah was given to him and he read the text from Isaiah chapter 61. This led to an exchange of words with the congregation after which Jesus used two prophets and two heroes of faith in the Old Testament to support his views. The scene closes with a foiled attempt to kill Jesus. Each part of the story needs to be closely examined in regards to what was the purpose of Jesus' ministry. In Luke chapter 4, verse 28 to 21, Jesus says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. He began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Jesus read a passage that was regarded as a messianic text and then claimed that he had been, it had been fulfilled in their presence. He stopped short when reading the text in Isaiah chapter 61. First, Jesus would proclaim good news to the poor. In spiritual terms, the poor are those who recognize that they have nothing by which to commend themselves to God. Jesus' mission was to reach out to the lost in the world so that they may obtain salvation. As Jesus specifically says in Luke chapter 5 verse 32, I have not come to call the righteous but sinners to repentance. Secondly, Jesus will proclaim freedom for the prisoners. Jesus will set the prisoners free by paying the penalty of our sins on the cross. Thirdly, Jesus' mission was to provide recovery of sight for the blind. Since Jesus is the light of the world, those who follow him will never walk in darkness but will have the light of life, as was said by Jesus in John chapter 8, verse 
12. Finally, Jesus came to set the oppressed free. These are the people overwhelmed by life's painful circumstances, especially the weary burden of sin and the inability to keep God's law. We were all there some time ago, but he has brought us to himself. We would expect the audience to be pleased, and initially they may have been, but as he proceeded, the mood changed. What was the problem? Verse, verse 22 says, All spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son? they asked. Now, there are two ways to understand the verse, isn't he Joseph's son? Number one, it could mean we knew this young man as a child, he is Joseph's son. We, have, we had no idea that he was so bright with the Hebrew scripture. We are so proud of him. Or it could mean, did not this young man grow up here? Doesn't he know how we feel and how we understand this text? I favor the second meaning because the congregation was angry. They could have been angry because Jesus quotes to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor, but leaves out the second half of the verse in Isaiah chapter 61 verse 2, which says, And the day of vengeance of our God to comfort all who mourn. They probably resented him because he is the son of a carpenter and thus cannot be taken seriously. Isn't this Joseph's son? This statement is evidence of extreme resentment and an attempt to insult along with a lack of faith in Jesus as the Messiah. Isaiah chapter 61 was the heart of their history and self-understanding. This text looked forward to the golden age of the Messiah. They regarded Rome as their oppressor and wanted a Messiah who will defeat Rome and take their land back. They must be thinking something along the lines of, what is, what is the matter with this man? He has quoted one of our favorite texts, but he omitted some of its most important verses. In the process, he has turned a text of judgment into a text of mercy. This is outrageous. The Messianic age is a golden age for us and a day of God's vengeance upon Gentiles. How could this man grow up here and not know this? But Jesus replied to the hostility rising before him by saying in verses 23 to 24, Surely you will quote this proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself, and you will tell me, Do hear in your hometown what we heard that you did in Capernaum. Truly I tell you, he continued, No prophet is accepted in his hometown. Jesus brilliantly defended his point by quoting two Old Testament accounts in verses 25 and 27. And it says, I assure you that there were many widows in Israel in Elijah's time, 
when the sky was shut for three and a half years and there was a severe famine throughout the land. Yet Elijah was not sent to any of them, but to a widow in Zarephath, in the region of Sidon. And there were many in Israel with leprosy in the time of Elisha the prophet, yet, none, yet not one of them was cleansed, only Naaman the Syrian. But what about the accounts which is recorded in 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 1 to 16 and 2 Kings chapter 5 verse 1 to 15? 1 Kings chapter 17 verse 1 to 16 records the story of Elijah and the woman of Zarephath. Elijah denounced King, King Ahab for worshipping Baal and denounced the famine, a famine and fled for his life. At the predicted time, at the predicted, as the predicted famine set in, Elijah escaped to a small village called Zarephath near Sidon. There he found a widow gathering sticks to bake a final loaf of bread for her son and as, due to the famine. He asked her to feed him the bread. It, either, it is either she or her son eats the bread or the prophet. She assumed Baal had power in her country and the prophet's God was powerless in her land. How could Elijah possibly expect the starving widow to trust a prophet of Israel whose God was powerless? But the woman makes an astounding leap of faith. She obeys the prophet and gives him the loaf of bread. As she does, she is rewarded with a jar of flour that was not used up and a jug of oil that did not run dry. A radical faith in the God of Israel was sustained by God's gift of bread and oil. Jesus' second story is recorded in 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 1 to 15. Naaman was the commander-in-chief of the Syrian army. He is suddenly struck with leprosy and follows a tip from his wife's maid. And traveled to Israel to see Elisha, the prophet, for curing his leprosy. But to his surprise, on arriving at the house of the prophet, he was not invited in. Instead, Elisha sent his servant out to say to him to go and wash himself seven times in the Jordan so that his leprosy will be restored and he will be cleansed. Naaman felt insulted and was angry but his servants encouraged him to give it a try. He agreed, bathed in the Jordan, and was healed. By citing the story, Jesus presented a second Gentile whose remarkable fate was rewarded. Jesus wanted models of authentic faith to find them enriched beyond the Jewish community of which he was part of, and cited these two stories of Gentile heroes of faith, and this would have been deeply offended his Jewish heroes who regarded themselves as the keepers of the true faith. But wait, there is more to these two stories. In the synagogue, Jesus presented a model of missions. 
In the text of Isaiah that Jesus read, there is a balance between go out and attack him. The anointed one is sent to proclaim freedom for the prisoners. This is illustrated by Elijah who leaves Israel and goes to the woman of Zarephath in Sidon. The Messiah will also attack people in, even as Elisha attracted Naaman to Israel. Another significant factor of these two stories has to do with gender. The first story concerns a woman and the second concerns a man. They are parallel and the woman is mentioned first. None of this is accident, accidental. Jesus was looking for stories of heroes of faith and could have chosen Abraham, Moses or David. But he chose one woman and one man. Quite likely because he was bringing in a new fellowship in which men and women would share together as equals. This infuriated the Jews in the synagogue. And the con concluding verses say, They got up, drove him out of the town, and took him to the brow of the hill on which the town was built, in order to throw him off the cliff. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. But he walked right through the crowd and went on his way. Wow. The concluding verses as a strong hint of both the cross and the resurrection. Anyone condemned of, for the sin of blasphemy was stoned, which seems to be happening in this story. Let me conclude. The ministry of Jesus and the nature of the kingdom is, all, is for all believers. It involves proclamation, evangelism, justice, and compassion. We need to really go out and attract in our new generation in our nation. Go out means to evangelize the lost and help them to come to faith in Jesus Christ. Attract in means how we communicate with society in our daily lives by means of our character, which is love, compassion, and obedience. Jesus refuses to endorse the narrow nationalism in his own community. Narrow nationalism and other forms of discrimination is prevalent in our society and around the world at the present moment. We, as men and women in the church, need to heed what, to what Jesus says in the scripture and break boundaries in going out and attracting in the lost into the kingdom. We are all invited to enter into the kingdom of God. We can accomplish this mission with Jesus' spirit in us. Amen.